Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is S0 Low Cooper. Okay, I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too upset with this one. Not too, not particularly funny, but at least it, okay, at least it works. That it was, it's not supposed to be funny. Okay, well, I mean, it hasn't been funny in a long time, but at least that works. Yeah. Anyway, joining me today is Solomon Cooper, and we are going to discuss a movie that we were both looking forward to for maybe a little bit different reasons, and that is um, the latest Blumhouse movie. Megan. Megan. And there's a three in the name, and that's why I have a zero in my name. So, Yes. Audiences love when you have to explain the joke to them. Well, just wanted to make sure, just so they're not confused. Um, so, Megan is a... Was it... It's it's um, Blumhouse and... Is it Blumhouse or Bloomhouse? I think it's Blumhouse. I say Blumhouse. Yeah. Blumhouse um, sounds dumb. I agree. So, um... And then it's also produced by um, a studio that I've seen on a couple of, of these indie films, but I can't remember what it's called, like Radioactive Robot. Yeah, yeah, something cool. Yeah. Something cool, like, yeah, Giant Robot. I can't remember. Anyway, you don't care, and neither do we, who the co-production studio was. So when I say we were excited about this for different reasons, I think you were um, more sincerely excited about it. Yeah. Whereas I thought it was going to be a steaming pile of hot garbage. And you were going to But I wanted to make fun of I it. wanted to watch it and make fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to just think about this. We had a reboot of Chucky or Child's Play, sorry, that came out not too long ago <clears throat> wherein they changed the origin story of Chucky to instead of being a demon possessed doll or a serial killer possessed doll, he was just a evil robot. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the trailers, this movie, Megan looked like it was a knockoff of a knockoff. You know what I mean? It looked like a knockoff of the crappy version of child's play. Yep. With one serious problem. And that is that it was also releasing in at January. Well, I wasn't going to say that yet, but yeah, it, is re it was releasing in January, which is normally a dumping ground for garbage, hot garbage movies. But I was going to say it was releasing with a PG-13 rating. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one positive thing that the newest Child's Play had going for it was that at least it was rated R, you know, so you got some some good murders. Well, you want, you want to know what? What? Do you want to know a movie that you like? What is that? Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> 
I do. And it's rated PG-13. I'm not saying that no horror movies should be rated PG-13. I'm just saying if you're making a ripoff of what I thought is just a ripoff of Child's Play, the new one, then that is not a movie. You, you don't want a slasher movie to be rated PG-13. That's you know what fair. I mean? That's fair. Like, I really think that those Happy Death Day movies would be 30 times better if they were rated R. It's really hard to make a PG-13 slasher movie, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, some of my favorite movies are actually PG-13 horror movies. <clears throat> Sorry, which, some of my which favorite. One? Which ones? I keep clearing my throat, which I apologize for, but. Name an example. Um, Some of my favorite horror movies. Uh, The Conjuring. That's PG-13? Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so haunted house movies, exorcism movies, a lot of times are rated PG-13. So it's just, you know, movies that need someone getting stabbed, don't want to watch it PG-13. Anyway, talking around the movie, again. It's our favorite thing to do here on The Kids Days in the Podcast. So what we got was unexpectedly well executed, uh, frankly, bizarre as forks i expected it what yeah i say it's forks now because i don't want to say bad words oh i thought there was, i thought that was like a saying that people say like because <laughs> a fork is so bizarre <laughs> anyway go ahead what you're gonna say you were expecting it oh i was expecting i was expecting how good it was were all you all the way through all the way through i mean you tried before you were like oh dude this movie's gonna be so bad like a couple weeks ago like before, a couple weeks before we saw it and i was like no this movie's gonna be the best movie ever made best movie ever made is what you were thinking <laughs> No, I thought it was going to be really good though. Uh was there any was there anything about it tonally or plot-wise or anything that was unexpected to you? Did it zig when you expected it to zag or did it pretty much stay on the course that you thought it was going to be? I mean, I didn't have a course. I didn't expect any course. I just Come I just, on, bro. You watch a trailer for a movie, you have some idea of what you think the movie's going to be like. Well, I guess I had a couple ideas in mind that happened. But there wasn't like any ideas that I had that were like the whole throughout the whole movie. So you're saying that the movie didn't surprise or wasn't unexpected or anything. Just did it was exactly what you thought it was going to be from the trailer. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, there was just some random things that I didn't plan for. I wasn't planning for the movie, how the movie was going to play out, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to call BS on that. I don't believe you. I think you're just purposefully being obtuse. I expected the whole movie. The movie is almost, at least 30 or 40% a very, very funny dark comedy. And if you thought that that was going to be the case from watching the trailer, then I, I'm i just going to have to call shenanigans. <laughs> I think you're a big liar. Either that or you're being obtuse about me asking you if the movie did anything different than what you were expecting. Well, then it did go a little bit different, just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit off my, my path. Off your path. Off, off the beaten path of what I expected. So the the movie definitely, the trailers definitely made it look like it was just going to be a straightforward killer doll movie, essentially, even though the doll's a robot. This movie, everything that you would have expected it was going to do, it does better. Mm-hmm. So instead of it just being about creepy doll or whatever, creepy doll robot... They actually really lean into the robotics part of it. You know what I mean? The main character is a, a ro- robot inventor lady. Uh, no, it's um, called a roboticist. Is it called roboticist? I'm pretty sure, yes. Well, I'm not going to say that because I'm not positive that's even a word. 
Well, I saw it somewhere. Anyway, she invents robots for a toy company. Um, she's played by Allison Williams. Yep. Um, most of you will know her from the TV show Girls. She also was a guest star on Sesame Street at some point. Oh yeah, so most some of you probably saw her on the her guest starring appearance on Sesame Street. Most of y'all, let's let's be real. Everyone watched Sesame Street. Uh, I've always been a f- huge fan of hers, and she is really great in this as the, you know, career obsessed robotics inventor. I'm gonna keep calling her robotics robotics scientist. inventor robot scientist. You could just call her a robot inventor, not a robotics inventor. She makes robots. Yes, a roboticist. Um. So, we'll we'll dive into all of this. Oh, sorry. Salma doesn't like it when I say we'll dive into it. We'll splash around in the... <laughs> That's what we already do. We'll though. splash around in the deep end of this later on. Um, yeah, that sounded re- really weird. But let's get a quick plot synopsis for you, for those who are unfamiliar with Megan. Yep. And prepare, once again, as a full spoiler podcast, so... Yeah, we're going to need a plot synopsis because there's some things that are unexplainable without said... Yeah, so let's quickly do a plot synopsis. So, yeah, I've been actually doing my research on this one. I'm going to give you a good one today. Um, I'm going to adjust my my seat to get ready for this plot synopsis, but I banged into my microphone. All right, I'm actually going to adjust as well. Um, Okay. (coughs) Come on, bro. We're halfway through this segment. We haven't got the plot synopsis out. I forgot everything about the plot synopsis. Okay, okay, okay. It's a... So... There is a, a roboticist. Oh, bad, off to a bad start. Named Gemma. And she gets put into an unexpected position when her niece's parents. Niece's parents. <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. Niece's parents uh, are, are are killed. Um, I would have phrased that as her sister and brother-in-law, but go ahead. Uh, uh, causing uh, her niece to be. Okay, I need to. I can't. I don't know how to talk. Oh, Putting man. her niece into custody with into custody. <laughs> Putting her niece into custody. <laughs> giving giving the aunt custody of that's how you say it. giving her giving uh giving Jimma custody of the niece. She doesn't really know how to do deal with do all this parenting stuff. She's never done it before, and so she like is finally creates her like magnum opus of technology named Megan and that basically raises her and uh they try and you know okay okay we're getting way past synopsis point at this point and uh then some bad things happen she turns evil crazy robot uh I would have just said that uh I literally did research on that one by the way guys but it's pretty easy all you had to say was that this lady who's a roboticist uh gets custody of her niece and she tries to she tries to raise her but she instead lets this, um, she enlists the help of her latest invention, which is a robot, a humanoid robot, but a lifelike humanoid robot named Megan. What about the part where she turns bad? You don't need that in the synopsis. They yes, know that do. from the trailer. You need that. Okay, then you can th- say, and things turn bad. That's what I said. That's, what I, that's exactly what I said. I feel like you said a lot of the things that I said. I Just, I said it in a more roundabout way. In a way that sounded like English was your fifth language. <laughs> Thanks. That means I know four other languages. Um, genius. So, yeah, that's the that's essentially the the plot of the movie. What's what's great is the plot is very simple. Yep. But they really do 
the stuff that they're trying to do very well and they balance about five different tones throughout the movie. So five. I don't know. It's a lot of tones. There's several different tone and shifts. How, how how does one even balance five tones? I don't know, man. They just did it. It's probably more like three. Can I say? But either way, you have uh, you have the cool uh, beating heart of the movie, which is the relationship between uh, Gemma and her niece, who is obviously grieving the loss of her parents. Her so name is Katie, by the way. Yeah. So. Um, this is a, that's a pretty hardcore thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having to deal with a child that's dealing with grieving the fact that both of her parents were terribly killed in a snowplow accident. Mm-hmm. Um, also, right off the bat, you get a idea, and it's not played for laughs, don't get me wrong, but you got get the idea of the movie's very dark, sly sense of humor, which is whenever in the prologue scene when the little girls in the back seat and their parents are arguing cause they're driving in the snow and the mom tells them that they need to stop the car and wait for a snowplow to come by. And then they get killed by a snowplow. You know what I mean? That's the kind of sneaky dark humor that this movie is going to come back and be employing throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But either way, the beating heart of this movie is essentially Gemma having to learn how to become a mother or a guardian to her niece, who she does care about, but in a more obligation-y kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like her sister put gave her custody, and so now she's having to, like, do it. Yeah. But she probably wouldn't have chosen to if she didn't feel obligated to. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say she wouldn't have chosen to. Um, if the, if it wouldn't have been forced upon her because she does have the option the whole time of letting her go live with her brother-in-law's parents or whatever. Yeah. So she wants to she wants to do it, but she it feels like she wants to do it more out of obligation or guilt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but some I, I I read online that some people really thought that this part of the movie sl- that slowed the movie down too much that they focused too much on their relationship and the trauma that this that the young girl's going through and they're the kind of like they're developing that mother daughter kind of bond. Um, what did you think? Did you feel like it slowed, it slowed the movie down the movie? Yeah. They felt like it, like they said, every time it dealt with any of that stuff, the movie ground to a halt. Not everybody's saying, that. I'm just saying I read a, a person said that. So I was curious since you're uh, attention deficit disordered, um, uh, teenager. Oh, so now, now I have ADD. Not, not really, not, not medically, just oh, in a descriptive way. Okay, okay, sure, so sure, just sure, bad, sure. poor attention span, TikTok watching. That's you, fifteen-year-old. Did you feel that way? Did you feel like it slowed the movie down? My father's a hypocrite. No, I did not feel that way. Um, like you said before, it's kind of like the the beating heart of the whole movie. You know, like that's like how the whole movie starts and why any of this is happening at all. So I feel like it's important to have that in like every way. Otherwise, it's, I feel like doesn't feel like anything that's happening means anything or is worth it. Yeah. And I, I also think that it's not only is it important for you to get a solid grasp on these characters and care about them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's also important because once the movie starts getting crazy and when I say crazy, we'll discuss this in the next segment. I don't just mean, oh, the killer robots be killing kind of crazy. The movie really does some 
very odd tonal shifts throughout, um, just kind of veering back and forth between comedy, dark comedy, slapstick comedy, gonzo, I don't know where this came from comedy, and you really need those two grounded characters, I think, to make to sell those scenes. Anyway, we need to take a break, and we will be back and finish our discussion of Megan. And, and now, now a, a word, word from, from our, our sponsors. sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Megan. So we were kind of talking about how the, the relationship is, the, you know, the beating heart of the movie and kind of grounds the movie. Yep, yep. Um, yep. But before we dive into... Oh, I said dive again. Stop it. What is up with the dive thing? I don't know. Or we should get some merchandise that says, let's dive in. Before we bungee jump into talking about what this movie does with tone, um, why don't you, didn't you say you had some fun trivia that you wanted to say about the well, movie? I just wanted <clears> to say <throat> some alternate titles, just like, because uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, Were these actual alternate titles or just are these funny jokes that "Quote unquote funny jokes." That you <laughs> no, that's that would be too cringy for me. Okay. Um. So the the working title was I think it was called like, "Don't meet Megan." Ooh, or that's awful. Don't play with Megan. It's it's horrible. It's really bad actually. And then it was just interesting because in different places they changed the names. Most of it is just like all lowercase. Uh huh. Um. But one of them was called like it was spelled like Megan, like M. Yeah, I know how e me is spelled. Gan. And that's it, honestly. I just thought that was quite interesting. Oh, that, that was all the trivia? Yeah, it was all the trivia. <laughs> I just thought that was fun. I know there's going to be much more names in that, just than where they, how well, they capitalize the names. I don't know how to spell or say. Yeah, it was called Don't Meet Megan. Just wanted to make sure. So um, the screenwriter's name? Uh, Akila Cooper. Akila Cooper. She, she wrote a movie called Malignant, which I think we reviewed on this on this very podcast. <gasps> um, directed by James Wan. And if you've seen this, if you've seen Malignant, you know what kind of gonzo energy Cooper brings to her movies, right? Like, mm -hmm. that movie... I just can't imagine, like, reading that script. 
Oh, I would be so excited. Well, and obviously I'd be excited, but just seeing all the crazy stuff that happens, like during those third acts in either of those movies is just yeah, whack. Well, M- Malignant also has a very sly, dark sense of humor. It also veers back and forth between really over the top and really grounded and then really back into slapstick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All while maintaining one thing that I think is is really important about all these movies for me. They remain very, very cool for a certain kind of movie <laughs> fan the whole time. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the ending of Malignant is so silly and I can see why some people, you know, boring people or dull people <laughs> might not, 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 uh, not, uh, only joking, only joking. He's not. Um, but it's still really cool. You know what I mean? That like last fighting scene or whatever in Malignant. Same thing in this movie. Um, but yeah, so this, this movie takes a pretty long time to build up into where Megan's even in the movie, really. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, so let alone killing because you, so they have this, they have a long setup of the the toy company that they work for that she does robotics, how, you know what I mean? What they have her doing for the company, how Megan was created, why she ends up making Megan all the way. Right. Exactly. So. And then, the, of course, the bonding between her and her niece, the, the contentious relationship that they have. Mm-hmm. And then you got to like let Megan have all the time to be like good at yeah. first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before she can't, she, she can't just have an automatically evil robot. That's no fun. Yeah. No fun so um, the movies. I would say other than the fact that it's doing it better than I could possibly have imagined at, up until this point, I think the movie is basically hitting the notes that I would have expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like I said, much better, much. It's a better script than I would have expected. It's well shot. It's well acted. All these are things I was not expecting at all. But other than that, such a low bar. I know the bar was set to zero. I didn't think it was going to look good. Didn't think anyone in it was going to be good. Nope, I thought it was going to be crappy. So I was surprised that the movie that I was watching was good. And it was it was already funny, but it was funny in a way that just fit with the characters, the character comedy. Like when the therapist, who's kind of a douchebag the whole time, by the way. Like the, therapist. <clears throat> the therapist, like, has um, Gemma get some of her collectibles off of the shelf and out of their boxes so that the little girl can play with them and tries to act like... She's being douchey by not letting her play with her collectibles. Annoying. Mm-hmm. They're collectibles. Um, but that little scene was really funny. And there's, a, just, like I said, some some character-driven humor there. But nothing nothing really crazy. No, Yeah, no crazy <clears throat> things are going on. Yeah. No gonzo <laughs> things are happening yet. Um. And then the part where the movie shifted for me, you know exactly when it was. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, this movie's, uh, this movie's like being silly in a way that was hilarious to me. Um, but anyway, I've described the scene enough times. You were there. So why don't you just kind of describe the scene for the audience? Just to let y'all know, my dad laughed at this scene for like, it felt like 30 minutes. <laughs> I did not. Maybe five, though. It probably just felt like that because I, we were in, with a pretty small audience at the theater and nobody else in the theater was laughing. Like, they all, I could tell that they all thought the scene just was dumb. Like, they didn't get that it was supposed to be funny. They were just sitting there confused. 
and it probably just seemed like I was laughing for longer because I was the only person laughing. He was laughing for two minutes straight. Um, I said five, but I just realized how long those times are. But yeah, two minutes sounds about right. And very loudly, by the way. It wasn't like a giggle. It was like booming laughter. Now, I'll get straight into this scene. So, basically, Jimma is, like, presenting the robot to, like, upper upper management. Uh, Megan, I should uh, specify. And so, her daughter is in the room with her. Her niece. Sorry. I, you know what? I just felt like their bond was so close. It wasn't. That I didn't need to say that. At this point, by the way, Megan has been living with them and basically acting as a surrogate best friend for her niece for like a couple days for a couple days um and we forgot to mention this it's kind of the core part of the movie whenever a new user is um they pair the new user with the with megan with the robot yeah so it's permanently they're their primary user yep so the robot is bound to her also yes and as her as her protector so yeah go ahead sorry Okay, so yes, he's basically trying to demonstrate how this will benefit like people and how this robot works to like all the people who are like the upper people of our company. I the upper said, people. I said that earlier. Though, it's but, the board. It's the entire board. They're about to do a launch, so they have them in this like they have them in this presentation room behind a one way mirror. Yeah. And all of these board members, all these millionaires and billionaires. Going to be a one way window. Nope. Well, it could be either way, one-way mirror or one-way... But they're on the side. Mirrors are always one-way, though, huh? Yeah. Whatever. It's one of those one-way things that cops have. <laughs> anyway, so inside of one is like a little kid's playroom. They can't see the boardroom. The board members are all watching them, all these millionaires and billionaires and investors and whatever. And they're going to demonstrate that how Megan is interacting with this little girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, basically, it kind of goes off the rails immediately because... Uh, Katie starts like sobbing um, just because she feels so bad her parents dying yada 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 um, and so there's this actually like genuine like like moment between Megan and Katie and she's actually like helping her it, it's crazy how like sentimental it really felt especially because the scene is really cringy at first like it starts off like you're just like oh no this whole presentation is going to go off the rails because she uses, she's using her traumatized niece and her trauma decided to kick in You know right, what I mean? right in the middle of the presentation. Yeah. And so she like lets her say, she like says something about her, her, like something that brought her joy when her, about her mom or something. And like Megan like keeps like records the clip and like keeps it and tells her like, if you ever need some reassurance and joy, just let me know. And it's really sweet. And then she bursts out into a Disney song, like just immediately afterwards. And um, and it's shot in a very Disney way. Disney way. Like it's showing close-ups of her, like brushing her hair away from her cheek and wiping her tears away. I don't even know what song that was. That's the original song for the movie? I have, I have no idea. And the other ones I recognize, but not that one. So yeah, and that... Is what made my father laugh for two minutes. Dude, the killer robot starts singing like a Disney princess. It's perfect because you can imagine that being a functionality of a robot doll for a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was so out of the blue and it capped off this really emotional scene. And then it's like panning over to like all of the investors and stuff and they're all crying. 
Yeah. And it just goes on. It's like a, it's not like she just says a thing. She like sings like a whole song, it felt like. It's like a minute and a half. Um you see, I didn't laugh because I was too involved. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I was just like, oh yes, this is par for the course. Not like I knew that that was gonna happen, but it just felt too I was too like in the world that it didn't feel like that was weird. Uh so you think that I was wrong? You don't think that was supposed to be funny? I'm not saying that they didn't think it's supposed to be funny. I'm sure it was, but I just didn't because I was too, too like apart. I felt like I was Katie. Okay. Yeah. I'm rolling my eyes really hard. And nobody can see it. <clears throat> yep. Um. Well, they actually do pull this joke twice, and they have her sing another Disney print in a Disney princess way. That this time they they ever sing Titanium, which is a pop song that I know. But she sings oh, good it. Good job. You know that one. Well, it's funny also because the doll is made out of partly titanium. Yep, that was pretty funny. Um, and that also, though, she sings it like a Disney princess as a lullaby. At this point, I think she started murdering. She did. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> I think she killed a dog before the presentation. Yes. Yeah, she had. So she was already. Yeah, so we see, we see already that her primary function of being like a protector and keep her from harm as as she's as her ai is like low uh, lowing i don't know what i was what trying mean? to say i don't know as ai is learning oh lowing. and growing <laughs> um we see the first time she does the neighbor's dog bites the little girl and so megan um she tricks it using some nice nice vocal work yeah that's actually I just noticed this. She copies that person's voice and like plays it back, mm -hmm. and she does that with the yeah with the with the what's it called the presentation. Yeah, she does that throughout the movie. Does she? Yeah she well, she, she lures the dog out with the woman's voice, and she lures the woman in with the dog's voice. True. Just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I thought about it. All right, so we're we only have about four minutes left, so I want to make sure that we get to cover everything we want to. Um, so let's let's hit the PG thirteen thing really quickly. Thank God. <clears throat> Thank God. Thank God for that. It was PG thirteen. That's what I was going to say. So I I I think that the movie could have easily not been PG thirteen and not have <laughs> to be horrendously gross, but I think that knowing this team, they probably would have if they could have. If it was rated R, they probably would have showed us all the gross stuff. So I'm kind of two minds. I tend to agree with Solomon that I think it actually ended up working out in their favor. Mm -hmm. But it, I don't love the idea that Blumhouse, the reason they made them change it. The reason they made them change it is that they were following the essentially viral marketing trends and seeing where interest was popping up. You know what I mean? Click throughs surveys etc cetera, etc cetera. and the population that was really excited about megan was teenagers so they made them go back and reshoot all of the kill scenes to make them pg-13 that is a pretty cynical reason to cut a movie to pg-13 would you not agree sure sure i will say they got a lot of mileage as far as murders go with that pg-13 rating mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. <laughs> what does that mean 
You have no idea. I was, I was, that was, this movie was shockingly gross. I felt like I was watching Terrifier That's, again. Oh my gosh. Now, so you're going to scare people away from watching the movie. And I think this is the kind of horror movie that you could watch with anybody, even people that aren't, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a horror movie, maybe like a techno thriller. That's wrong. You just now, honestly, if, if there was other people in the room that that normally don't watch stuff, but then maybe they'll watch The Sixth Sense or whatever, and you're saying it was so disgusting and gross, it's rated PG-13. It's not that gross. It's just left up to your imagination. Uh, what happens besides that kid's ear getting ripped off, which was played mostly for comedy, hor- horrif- hor- horrible comedy? Uh, a lot of things. What else is shown that you see? That's it. That's it. And you don't even really see that. Well, that was just gross enough for me. Wasn't even that gross. It looked like Matilda whenever she stretches that guy's no, ears out. It did not out. look like that. That was the problem. It looked exactly like that. I don't even think someone's ear can stretch that way. I tried to, I tried to stretch mine. It didn't stretch at all. Also, you did it for like three seconds and you, you're not as strong as either of those characters. But there was some other things that could have been a lot grosser. That's what I'm saying. It could have been, but it wasn't. You just now said the movie is so gross. There were so many gross things in this movie. Well, that's not what I meant. I meant like... I did. Could have been gross. It was rated R. Yeah, it could have been the Terrifier too. Yeah, well, you made it sound like it was the Terrifier too. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, apologize right movie. now. You should watch this movie. With your kids with your, and your grandkids and your baby cousins? With your three-year-old nephew, yes. Yeah, two-year-olds even? Not even, not even born, Dude, honestly. this is not even... So I'm going to waste the last 30 <laughs> seconds of our show saying this. The movie's great. I give it uh, 9 out of 10 killer robots for this kind of movie. Fantastic. Hands down. Wonderful way to start the year. But um, I wanted to just tell a story really quickly. We actually did see somebody in the movie theater <laughs> with a baby that had been obviously in a uterus like 20 minutes <laughs> earlier. I've never seen... A baby that young. I think someone stole the baby from the maternity ward and was just hiding out at the movie theater. So people were taking really young kids. Anyway, your final rating. I'm going to also give it a 9 out of 10 uh, numbers in my name. Ugh. That was... You ruined the whole thing. I love I love numbers. Anyway, check this movie out. Honestly, I think you can watch this with people who don't think they like scary movies. And it's not because there's no scary parts. It's just that the movie changes tone so much. I think they'll have a great time. That's our show. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Until next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>